We've taken the radio show on the road. That's right. The River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studios have taken us out to Memorial Gym, historic Memorial Gym, where the ghosts of Don Haskins' past is alive and kicking tonight for the UTEP volleyball team as they get ready for the NIVC championship uh, as they'll be battling it out in three hours in a packed house. Pandemonium will be taking place out here as they get ready to battle it out with Wichita State. In fact, uh, I see Roberto, I see Eddie, I know the camera crew is ready to go for ESPN Plus and Duke Keith tonight uh, calling the action. Excited about that and uh, excited about us being here and Adrian, excited about you being a part of it here today on on set and that means only one thing danny pedroza thank you danny the man who allows uh, us the opportunity to get you out here today danny we appreciate that adrian terrific seeing you you've got your utep flannel don haskins-esque shirt on tonight (laughs) he would be proud of you because he wore that all the time during his post-game media scrums when he was kidding about what we're going to be having happen here in just a matter of hours. So uh, this is the calm before the storm. We are here at Memorial Gym. I was talking to my dad uh, last week, and he was just explaining to me when this place got packed for things like basketball in the 70s, it felt historic. It felt like it was just the, uh, the place to be. It felt like the loudness of this arena back in the 70s was infectious because You got a chance to be in here, and the energy at Memorial Gym for all the fans who packed it for basketball was insane. And you you fast forward here to 2023, we're talking about a championship matchup of an NIVC uh, showdown between UTEP and Wichita State, the first time UTEP has ever been in a situation like this in their program history, led by their coach Ben Wallace and their resilient team. In fact, this season, this is their 15th game tonight at Memorial Gym. Don't need to go to Don Haskins, Steve, because it's all right here. The magic has happened here all season long. They're 14-0 uh, this this season at Memorial Gym. Why would you want to go elsewhere when you could do it in the place that you've had so much success all season long? And let's be honest, as we've heard from a lot of uh, people that are connected, uh, not just to this program, but to college volleyball, nobody draws like this. I mean, you have not had any uh, school in in this tournament uh, like we have right now. In fact, uh, yeah, it is, it, it's going to be uh, a happening, and you know, I mean, uh, we were here a few, like last week broadcasting the show, and then uh, that was electric. Tonight is just going to be out of this world. It's going to be out of this world when these two uh, get a chance to hook up. It's going to be fantastic. You think about it, it's back-to-back games of them selling out the Memorial Gym, and you also talk about the success they've had in the NIVC tournament. They've actually only lost three sets in four games uh, throughout the NIVC. That's so impressive for uh, UTEP Volleyball. I mean, that just shows you the dominance they've had since losing to Western Kentucky. This team has been absolutely rolling at home throughout this tournament oh my god you're not kidding anyway uh i'm excited so you know it's going to be great for the kids it's going to be great for uh for the fans uh i've got my uh, i've got my son coming tonight he's taking a friend and by the way i paid for my tickets i'm proud of that that's the coolest yes. thing about it too i love listen I've I've paid for volleyball tickets a couple of times this year when we've gone, and you know it's like, come on, for ten bucks, twelve bucks, 
forget the comps. We want, I mean, this is what it's all about, trying to support the program, support the team. Truth is this. Um, we do get, part of the perks of the job is, folks, we get free tickets to UTEP games. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. That's, hey, when you're the radio affiliate, that's what comes with the territory, and it's great. But not tonight, and not like it should be. If you want to go and you want to attend the match, have a chance to pay for it. And uh, that's really what it's all about. And fans didn't care. They sold this thing out in a matter of uh, in, in less than an hour. 40 minutes is what we heard. Yeah, and now they've also they're promoting the Memorial Maniac shirts that they're going to be having uh, in support of UTEP Volleyball. So minor fans with a donation of $20 or more tonight, they'll get a chance to receive that Memorial Maniacs t-shirt, celebrate the great season that this UTEP Volleyball program has had. I mean, what a ride, right, Steve? Yep. You talk about how this team could have been derailed through injuries in the first month, in the second month, all the way up to this tournament, really, where they've actually suffered some injuries and some adversity that's come their way. But despite that, they've pushed past that. That's been the narrative all uh, season long, and it's fueled by the fans who've come out here and supported out of Memorial Gym throughout the entire season. So I'm ready for this place to get packed. I'm ready for some volleyball and uh, ready for people to wear those Memorial Maniac shirts that they're doing, $20. So Bring your, uh, bring your $20 with you to the game. Yeah, that's right. That is right. And by the way, appreciate uh, Town Square Media with a little uh, uh, love on Twitter X showing uh, Ben Wallace and, and a pair of players, uh, Sakira and Ali, were both uh, with uh, Iris today. They did the media tour. They did Buzz, and then they went right to uh, Iris on Kiss and ended up getting a uh, really nice uh, photo op that uh, our radio station group sent out to the entire cluster of stations. So nice. That is very cool. Hey, I appreciate the shout-out. Town yeah. Square Media. Good we stuff. do too. So, so yeah, this is the storyline. This is the game of games. This is what we've been waiting for. And I'll say this again, okay? Tonight is a great example of, and really the last couple of weeks, okay, how badly this city wants a winner. Let's put it this way. I mean, you're going to put 3,600 or whatever they can fill inside Memorial Gym again for the third consecutive match. And that right there is a sign of how this community will support a winning team in this city. They will. They'll support a winner. And by the way, we've had a lot of people ask about the Haskins Center. Why didn't they put this in the Don? Why aren't they playing in the Don? Um, Once again, the Don Haskins Center is not equipped for volleyball. It's just not. And even though there's been matches in the past, this has been the home for quite some time. This is truly the home court advantage for UTEP. And knowing how this arena will be tonight, you want to give your school the best possible chance to win. And by the way, the fact there's only 3,600 and not every fan got to get a ticket, that's a good thing. That means there's demand for the product. That means that there are more fans that want to go than there are seats. It's just like when um, the Stars and Coyotes played an exhibition hockey game at um, the um, event center, which held about 2,500 fans. People were like, well, why couldn't they play that in the Coliseum? Well, that wasn't the purpose of the match. The match is to play in the same arena that holds the, uh, the the club that won the promotion, not to go to a bigger facility across right next to it. Same exact situation here. Give your fans that have been going a chance to enjoy it and make this arena, this historic arena, rock again 
in a in, in a setting that is reminiscent to what this place would have been like in the 60s and 70s. Look, the season ticket holders had the advantage, the first dibs to get their tickets. They're going to be coming out here tonight in full force, as they should be. Everybody else who got a chance to get tickets, well, they're part of the exclusive group as well, who uh, got a chance early to capitalize on purchasing those tickets. I've been hit up throughout the past couple days asking for tickets, also asking about the Memorial uh, Gym versus Don Haskins Gym topic. I'll just say this. If they've played every game here, if they're 14-0 here at Memorial Gym. How, how could the narrative shift to go over to the Don Haskins Center where it's unfamiliar, they've never played a game out there, they're not used to practicing out there and stuff like that. That's not really the true home court advantage. This right here is the home court advantage. They're inside their own locker rooms. They know this building inside and out. Let them play here. I mean, it's, it's where they feel best at, and I think that uh, for what it is, for how many people will be here, it will be an intimate yet uh, feisty and energetic crowd throughout the game. That's right. That is absolutely right. Uh, if you want a way into the show, you can do it. So we got a lot of ways to go. You can go on the phones, 505-6009, 505-6009. You can also get into the program uh, on Twitter X at 600 ESPN El Paso. That is at 600 ESPN El Paso. Or message us on our uh, mobile app where you can listen in real time like Paco, who just asked, any giveaway tickets for tonight's game? I was too late and far in line to buy tickets on Sunday. Unfortunately, Paco, there are no uh, giveaway tickets. It's just uh, the way it is. And, um, you know, the demand has this thing sold out Sunday. We did not have giveaway tickets uh, for, for really anybody. I know they released 50 earlier this afternoon or this morning. They probably sold those out in about 30 seconds, and uh, that's just the way it is. So, unfortunately, no giveaway tickets for tonight's game. Yeah, and I understand that, Steve. You know what? Let's uh, let's not have those giveaway tickets with us. Let's have this uh, strictly with the UTEP volleyball team so they can capitalize on the money coming their way. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And, and I, I believe that's exactly the case. In fact, um, I, I'm just doing it right now just to go through the process, Adrian. I am clicking tickets for tonight's volleyball match on, thanks to the UTEP website, through the Ticketmaster portal, just to see if there are anything that is available, okay? Um, it says here, um, this event does not have any available seats. Um, so there you go. There are no available tickets for tonight's match. They are all sold out. And uh, I saw that when you look in the seat map and you look around and there's not a single blue dot, you know, everything is gone. Yeah, and it's understandable, and and that's all great things. This is all good stuff for the program itself. The fact that they sold out this building yet again, three straight uh, of doing this right here in the NIVC, and it's something to celebrate. I mean, look, I'm looking at a 2021 banner for the NIVC championships. How about hanging another one after tonight for uh, this UTEP program as they take on Wichita State? And I did get word that UTEP volleyball season tickets for the 2024 season will go on sale starting tomorrow. So that is good news. So if you want to 
uh, reserve your ticket for next season. Knowing uh, what this program is uh, is doing right now, you'll have a chance to do that beginning tomorrow. That's great news for Utah volleyball fans, especially those who have been uh, with this team since the start. You know, I mean, that those are the ones who've uh, been rewarded with the tickets firsthand, those who've been uh, with this team throughout their entire journey of a season. So that's good news for them that they'll be able to capitalize on 2024 as early as after this matchup. That's right. That is absolutely right. So, uh, once again, good start to the show. We've got Dr. Heather Wilson coming up with us here at uh, just at, just past uh, 4.30. Excited about having her drop by. In fact, we're going to break early uh, right after SportsCenter next segment, so we have room and time to talk to uh, Dr. Wilson. Yeah, it's going to be a lot uh, going on here today at Memorial Gym. Let's take our first time out. We've got Charlie One. We've got a whole lot more coming up, and uh, we'll get you right up till 7 o'clock as Sports Talk continues live. Memorial Gym, our home. The NIVC Championship, uh, which will be able to uh, watch on ESPN Plus if you are not fortunate enough to get a ticket. That'll continue right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. Nineteen past the hour. Sports talk is back right now. Checking uh, the app. Let's see what we've got here. Pinky gets in. Texas UIL High School Football Championship week starts tomorrow. Four days, three games per day on Bally Sports Southwest on DirecTV. Still bucket list item. See you at Memorial Gym tonight. Pinky going to be heading out here tonight. Probably license plates and all. You know that. Oh, yeah. And, by the way, the uh, football playoffs are really going to heat up this weekend. Um, you know, speaking of, Scotty Walden, UTEP head coach, new head coach, by the way, he's been going out and visiting a lot of these different teams uh, throughout Texas. In, in fact, he was, I think, at Texas uh, or Austin-Westlake recently. Uh, the big one is Duncanville North, Show, uh, North Shore this weekend, Steve. So let's see if he gets a chance to meet with any of those types of coaches here uh, before or after they get ready for the Texas High School Football Championships. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, yesterday's show, uh, we talked a lot about the basketball team and what happened against Oregon and where this team is headed. I think Robert, uh, who messaged in yesterday, brought up a really interesting point, too. He said, uh, also wanted to state it was normal that uh, Utah basketball would beat big-time teams in the past playing uh, you know teams like ACU that we would beat by 20 in years past. Now, ACU is at UTEP's level. It's real sad to be a UTEP basketball fan. I mean, if you want to reference the days when they would play Georgetown and Indiana and beat some of those schools in Michigan and Ohio State and some of the other programs that would come here for the uh, Sun Sun Carnival in those years, long before it was uh, the tournament it is now, I get it. I mean, but you got to realize something too, Robert, and this is the facts. In the 1980s, UTEP was one of the best mid-majors in the country perennially year after year after year. In fact, they hung NCAA tournament banners every year from 84 to 92. I mean, think about it. They were a regular for almost 10 years in a row. That's why I've called UTEP basketball in the 80s and early 90s a decade of dominance because that's exactly what they were, and they're not that anymore. And we can look at all the reasons why it's happened, 
whether it was probation in the 90s, which kind of wiped away that team that just upset Kansas to go to the Sweet 16 in 92, to, um, you know, not having the same success recently. I mean, since Don Haskins stepped away, only three NCAA tournament teams. It's, it's incredible. And really, only three NCAA tournament teams in 31 years. When you let that start to sink in, um, you know, thank God. I mean, and the truth is this, Adrian, I was around in the 80s. I grew up in that gym. That was my home. And, I, you know, I, I, that was my childhood. Legend after legend after legend and memories that will never, never leave me. But I'm also 50 years old. And... I was really a teenager during uh, a good chunk of those uh, of those 80s runs. Well, understand that unfortunately anybody who is really under the age of probably well, let's see. You could even go so far as to say 35, 36, 37. They didn't get to really enjoy that run when they were a kid or younger. So, you know, you grow up and you just you, you hear the stories, but you haven't had a chance to experience that kind of success. And I feel like they had uh, success under Gillespie, under Barbie. They reached their peak, and then the coaches would end up going elsewhere, and then they haven't gotten to that point yet uh, since then. I would also say this. The other interesting part about kind of looking at the UTEP history do you feel like it's fair for uh, f- uh, from a fan's perspective to hold them to the standard that they should get into the NCAA tournament every single year? Not or every at least year, but how about, to try to be there. I mean, listen. Okay, I think that people have to understand that things have changed, budgets have changed, everything has changed, uh, especially for UTEP. So, no, I don't believe that every year should be the expectation, but. Once every three to five years, absolutely. Two years in a row, absolutely. These are things that they, it shouldn't be this difficult. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't have to be waiting thirty plus years to win a tournament game in the NCAA. Because you look at all the smaller schools that get in and upset the big boys and do win, and you look at UTEP and say, man. How has this once proud basketball program not been at those levels? Which, again, takes us back to volleyball. You know, you're going to get 3,600 at Memorial Gym tonight to watch what essentially is an NIT final-esque game for the volleyball team, right? And everybody's talking about how great the volleyball team is this year. They didn't go to the NCAAs. They're in the NIVC, and that's exciting, this community. Just imagine what would happen if the basketball team actually was able to play tournament ball with a likable club like this that fans enjoyed and got behind for like four or five games this year that's exactly what this city was thinking for men's basketball the first reaction is oh my god this team is different they can score they can shoot they can dunk they're having fun there's no pressure these were all things that people were thinking And in the last four games, it's completely gone back to, oh, my God, this team hasn't changed. How many more years is left in Joe Golding's contract? When are we going to start looking for somebody else? He's not the answer. That is how quickly the entire conversation has shifted around UTEP basketball in the last two and a half to three weeks. Yeah, and I'll just remind everybody, Rodney Terry went 8-21 in his first year. Second year, a winning season, just barely though, 17-15. and And then the final year, the COVID pandemic uh, shortened season, uh, 500. Exactly 500, 12-12 overall. Uh, Joe Golding went 20-14 first year. A losing season last year, 14-18 overall. This season is still be uh, left to be determined. And right. so I think what fans 
fans are holding they're holding this team to a high standard because they were sold a product in Joe Golding that would help revitalize this program, maybe get them back to that competitive angle that we're just talking about, whether you're competing to hang banners uh, for conference titles or uh, compete in postseason tournaments. Just two seasons ago in that uh, first year under Joe Golding when they played a meaningless postseason tournament, the Basketball Classic, you could tell how many fans were really engaged with the program still at that point. They were ready to support any kind of postseason tournament, whatever it meant for UTEP, and how many people showed up to those games. Yet they bowed out in the second round. So to go back to your earlier point about the NIVC and, and what the volleyball team has done, you got to give them even more cre- uh, credit yep. for doing this because you have to have that kind of motivation to actually have success in these postseason tournaments uh, within your program. So here is why, to me, this season has a chance. If, if basketball doesn't turn it around, hopefully they will. Hopefully there's plenty of time. They still should turn it around. But you got to realize something, okay? They tapped into NIL this year. They didn't have that a year ago. That was brought up multiple times that last year's roster was built with no resources. This roster was built with plenty of resources. So either A, you didn't spend wisely and get the kind of results you wanted, but think about this too, and and I mentioned this on, on yesterday's show, Adrian, is that you know there's a lot of people that are giving to NIL because they want to see results. And if you're going to spend the money, you want to make sure that at least there's some kind of a return that looks promising as a fan and a backer to the program. So the question is, is that hopefully they can figure things out. We received word that they're closing practice this week prior to the ACU game. Good for them. They should close it right now because you want to know something? There are distractions. They got to eliminate them. They got to block them out. And the last thing you need are fans or media showing up this week before the ACU game this weekend, which is a huge game for Joe Golding. Yeah, I mean, I just just to take it from here, Steve, the, there's no bigger game up to this point in uh, Joe Golding's career than this one right here. It's his former squad, and you got to win this game if yeah. you're UTEP. I don't, I don't care what record they have. They're 6-4 and four right now. You take out the three meaningless uh, games that they played against non-Division One opponents, you're talking about a 3-4 and four ball club right now that's lost four straight games, and they're coming off a, uh, a game against Oregon in which they lost by 20-plus, and they did not look good in the second half whatsoever. They've got to right the ship on a lot of different things. Joe Golding helped raise a lot of funds at Abilene Christian and a lot of funds that ended up translating into that Moody Coliseum being established uh, for this program. So, hey, I mean, they they need a big win this weekend. It's a must-win for them. All right. Uh, We are excited about uh, who will be joining us in just a moment. We have someone who has never been on sports talk i don't know how that's even possible (laughs) it doesn't seem even right that this is uh, that this is the case in fact we normally run sports center at the bottom of the hour we're not we are going to keep it here and we're going to have the opportunity to welcome in an individual who uh is uh, been kind enough to give us some time on what will be a very very busy uh late afternoon and evening here at night in el paso and that is uh, the president of uh, UTEP, Dr. Heather Wilson. First off, it is great to see you, and uh, I really do mean this when I say thank you for taking the time out on what will be a very special evening here to join us on the show. Well, we expect it to be an absolutely fantastic, fantastic evening. It's going to be great. In fact, I learned something this morning that I never learned. I learned that 
Ben Wallace's brother worked with you um, at the Air Force, which I didn't know. <laughs> I heard that also um, his mom helped you when you were running for office they in the were, state of New Mexico. They were, yeah, they were New Mexicans, yeah. How is it that the entire Wallace family seems connected <laughs> with you, like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon? This is really the, uh, the, the six degrees of, of Dr. Heather Wilson. Well, I, I live a blessed life, but Ben's been a great coach, and, uh, and it really shows. I'll tell you what else. Uh, since you've arrived at UTEP, We've talked about how exciting this place can be when things go well in the athletics world. And um, we're not talking about men's basketball yet or football. We're talking volleyball. And you're seeing the results uh, really over these last few weeks in this tournament of what the community has been like and and just really how starved El Paso is to get a winning program back at UTEP. I have to say the people in El Paso have been absolutely fantastic in the last several weeks in this tournament. And it just kept growing and growing and in the uh, in the semifinals here it was I, it was deafening to be in the, in Memorial Gym and and of course this is just such a great venue for this kind of sport because it's so you're so close to to the action and volleyball is a great sport to watch it's a great spectator sport it is and this is such a likable team yep. from really the coaching staff all the way down and you could just tell when you see the crowd and how excited they are and how loud they are, uh, just how passionate this community and this fan base can be. It was great. And, and uh, you know, the, the team, you're right about the team. They, the, a lot of college sports, sometimes you look at them and you think, gosh, they don't seem to be enjoying themselves. But this team hasn't lost the joy of the moment. And it's really neat. Championship mm-hmm. game tonight against Wichita State. Yep. How, how, in, you know, how big is this for this city, knowing that this is the sport that we're talking about for a championship uh, for the NIVC here for UTEP? They're getting a chance to host Wichita State state tonight i think it's great and i think it's great that that it's going to be here in el paso and that was we weren't sure we were going to get it you know i mean we could have gone to wichita and of course we would have you know gotten tried this is a great venue and and the community has supported it and it's uh it's just really wonderful to see and volleyball are incredible they are just you know, ben calls them grinders right he <laughs> which makes me laugh but they just they just keep uh, keep on. They're really, really great athletes and great people. I learned that uh, you helped push for beach volleyball here at UTEP. <laughs> it was something that you said, you know, you want to kind of grow the volleyball experience and how it's gone. And I'm looking forward to seeing what that team will be able to do in years to come. Well, part of it also, you know, there's there's actually a growing uh, community here in high school level volleyball and beach volleyball. And we knew that, uh, you know, we have to comply with Title IX and equity in sports. And we didn't have enough opportunities opportunities for young women in sports and that made that one made a lot of sense because there's a growing support for it here in the region it was something we could build off what we're already doing well uh, and expand opportunities for young women in athletics for people that were not old enough to go into this facility during Don Haskins run in the yeah. 60s and 70s but now are seeing Memorial Gym in a totally different light because that's exactly what this is all about I feel like that has also been a real extra benefit of uh, not just the tournament, but 
UTEP volleyball in general because this place gets to come alive again the way it did when it was first being, uh, you know, hosting basketball games in the 60s and 70s. It is. And, you know, I, there were a couple of folks on social media who said, hey, why, you know, it's sold out. Why don't you move it to the Don? And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is uh, we, the Don, the new floor in the Don is not painted for, is not painted for volleyball. The other one is we want the home court advantage. Our students, our athletes practice in this gym. They play the feel of this gym. We want them to have that advantage. And the other thing we want is I'd much rather have a packed memorial gym than a half or three quarters filled Don Haskins because it is intense in here for our team and not for the other team. There's also nothing wrong with having it be a tough ticket in town because when you think about demand and you realize that not everybody's going to get a chance to go, that ultimately sends the message that, hey, if you wait too long, you have a chance to miss out on something. Although in this case, this game sold out in 48 minutes. I, just Incredible. amazing. Now, we did hold the side 400 seats for students, and on Monday morning, their, their students started lining up at 6 a.m. to get a ticket to come to this game, which is really neat. But there will be 400 students here, and of course, the students get free tickets, but the, uh, the community is, is really supporting volleyball, and I, I just really, I really appreciate it. You all had a chance to introduce a new head coach last week for football. Scotty Walden is already, he's got boots to the ground. He's already uh, out recruiting, out doing a lot of different things. Uh, what was it about Scotty that you really liked? We went with, uh, with Jim Center to the interviews, and he, he made it clear that that's important. It's important for, it's an important fire, hire for the university, and the, the people who are applying need to know that, um, that the, the president cares about athletics and athletics the way it connects us to the community. Um, but Scotty, um, uh, uh, I don't know if he had had too much coffee, but he seems like he's that way all the time. You know, he's a fired up kind of guy, and I think I think we need that. I also think he's an offensive minded coach and tries new things, um, and it'll be a very fast paced offense. Uh, and and uh, you know, Jim has looked at the film and things, and and that's that's the way he plays. Of course. You're not talking. You know, my my role at a football game is to is to uh, host our guests and cheer loudly. I don't. <laughs> it's not my sport. But the other thing I really liked about him was when you ask coaches about you know what their approach is to student athletes and things. Sometimes you kind of get lip service about being player led teams or the importance of developing character. Scotty is not in that, and that, w- that came through really strongly. He is a coach because football changed his life as a young man, and the thing that keeps him going is that opportunity to do the same for other young men. And, uh, and so it's that character building that makes this coach special. Yes, he's going to play tough offense. He's going to play hard football. Everybody wants to win games. But there's a fifth quarter, and that is life after football. And I think I think he's the right coach for this moment. UTEP President uh, Dr. Heather Wilson with us here on Sports Talk. So um, you, and if you're here, you're going to be at uh, pretty much everything that UTEP has to offer. It's hard because we have 16 teams. Yep. And, um, and th- to me, this is the fun part of the job. It's also the part of the job where UTEP connects to the community. And I like it. Uh, but, no, I don't get to every game, unfortunately. Here's the question I, I have to ask. And that is, how do you find a way to continue to develop money for athletics and funding when we don't have 
full Sun Bowls or the Don Haskins Center, and attendance is still lagging a little bit. How can you find a way to pump money into the athletic department to where the program can stay near the top and and really position itself well if attendance, which we all know is the lifeblood for the athletic uh, economic growth, isn't there at the moment? Well, there's two things, really. One is attendance, and you're right, that's part of it. But the other is the, the donations from the community and from people who support athletics and want to have, in a city like El Paso, athletic events to go to that, that, make, um, that make life more fun, where you look at your schedule and you go, what's on this weekend? And there's something on this weekend. You know, there's something going on that's fun, and sometimes that's college athletics. And so, so there are people in the community who believe in that, and a lot of them are going to be here tonight. Uh, the commencement graduation approaching very soon uh, for both college students and student athletes and also the high school students who are also going to be graduating as well. What's this time of year like for you all? Oh, you know, not much going on. <laughs> it's, it, this has been a really busy semester and, uh, and uh, uh, it's fun. You know, it's it's great to see so many good things going on at the university. We've got a great team here, not just in athletics, but in research, on the academic side of things, uh, in enrollment, in, in history started this fall. So we're really focused on the success of our students, on positively impacting this community in which we live and we care about, and, and driving discovery of public value. So it's it's been really busy, but, you know... I'm going to I'm going to die with a to-do list on my roof. I've been everything you thought it would be when you first came to El Paso to really start your tenure as president. Probably a little more than I expected in in a couple of ways. One is this is a really warm community. Not just friendly. It is warm. It's very people but, you know, I grew up in rural New England and unless you lived there for three generations, you were an outsider. You know, um, El Paso's not that way. It's very warm and welcoming, and we like that a lot. Uh, so I think it's more than we expected in that way. I think the, uh, the university is, I, I think, you know, if more universities were in America were like UTEP, higher education would have a better reputation in this country because we, we, we demand and strive for excellence, but we don't close our doors to those who are willing to work hard for a college degree. And we don't charge an arm and a leg for it. And that's, um, I, I uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks, higher education has gotten beat around the head and shoulders a bit. And some of the people who've been testifying in Congress and saying things, I, you know, that's not UTEP. And there's an alternative. And it's a better alternative. I know you love flying when you have a little downtime. I know that. Um, will you have the opportunity to stick around here on the Sumstel Paso to take on uh, Oregon State and the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl? You know, I am. Uh, I am actually going to be on a research visit that day. It's the only. It's I, so I. I actually won't be in town for that, but I think it's already sold out. So, it so is. there will be uh, there will be plenty of people enjoying. Um, we're we're giving our tickets away to somebody. So. Very nice. Um, and meanwhile, 2024 is right around the corner. When you talk about next year and years beyond, where do you really see UTEP going from here? What's the next step? Well, with respect to athletics, we want to compete for and win championships, and we will want to. We'll, we will, you know, play by the rules. We're, we run a clean program and develop young people. I was, was um, I rode boats for Oxford against Cambridge. That was my sport. And I know how it can improve 
your life and and your perspective on life and develop in young people um, characteristics that we want in them, the ability to, you know, get up when you get knocked down and persist. And the way I used to explain it to people sometimes is I never won a race on race day. I won it in hundreds of hours of practice leading up to it. And life's like that, you know. So a lot going on on the research front and deepening the connection to the community in which we live, serving this community, is that's what we're here for. Uh, facilities, you guys did a lot this past year in 2023. In the future, uh, I know that Scotty Walden uh, talked about locker rooms, but any other facilities on the athletic side that you'd like to talk about here for the future? We've got a, we've got a lot. Uh, um, I, I've uh, been focused on. Uh, we've got a lot of deferred maintenance, and we're trying to put together a plan to gather support from the legislature as well as the regents and others to uh, start getting some of our facilities up to what our students deserve. I know you've been aggressive with concerts uh, in the Don Haskins Center. I'm hearing that we could see Sun Bowl concerts in the future. Um, The money that you're able to generate from those concerts, is that really starting to pipe some extra financial support into the university? We're bringing it back, and that money we can use, it's unrestricted, so we can use it for athletics. There's some of the money like that we get from uh, from the University of Texas system that we can't. So, so when we came out of the pandemic, one of the things we looked at was, okay, what do we have here to make El Paso an even better place to be? And we were underusing, the, we used the Sun Bowl for six days a year for football and then the Sun Bowl and a few other things. But it is the only venue in West Texas that can seat more than 15,000 people. And so we started working more on the Don Haskins, McGoffin, and and the Sun Bowl to bring acts to El Paso that were passing us by and going to Tucson. We we sold out two concerts in August in the Sun Bowl. Um, I, and I, you know, one was Led Zeppelin and those and those guys, but another one RBD, which sold out in like a day. Uh, so we we packed the Sun Bowl twice. We can do this, and we can bring great acts to El Paso. That again makes it just a better place to be. You know, and we want that to be. We want people to come to campus and enjoy things here because we have this wonderful facility and university. I was just in Vegas. U two is in a residency at the Sphere, which is a ridiculous facility that they just built. It'd be great to see maybe U two come to the Sun Bowl. You know, they were here years ago, and you know that would probably sell out in about five minutes. Yeah, and I'm. You know, I'm kind of a country western gal. I'd kind of uh, like a few more of those guys to stop through here, but we'll. Well, we're, we're going to continue to try to use these facilities. You know, priority is what the students need them for and what our athletes need them for. But a facility like the Sun Bowl, that could be used a lot more to bring events to El Paso that just make El Paso a great place to live. Favorite all-time country performer is? Uh, Brooks and Dunn, maybe. There you go. That's great. Yeah. That's a great act. That's a great <laughs> act. I love it. Hey, uh, Dr. Wilson, appreciate you having us. And, uh, again, come back and see us soon so we can get some serious rowboat stories from what it was like against those Oxford-Cambridge matches when you were a grad student, all right? Rowboat. Or, rowboat. Uh, we're, mm. we're talking rowing, Yes. Rowing. Yeah, so yeah but we like don't call them rowboats. Those are like those wide things you go fishing in. The rowing it? story. There the rowing go. team. Okay. Okay. It'll be, it'll be. I'm sure it was intense, but the practices had to be pretty, uh, pretty difficult. It was rainy a lot over there too. So there you go. All right. Well, we'll next time we'll get that for okay. you. Thank you so much. That's uh, Dr. Heather Wilson with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Come back to wrap up hour number one of three. Stay with us. We're live at Memorial Gym, 600 ESPN El Paso.
Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk from the 600 ESPN El Paso uh, River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studios. I'm Steve Kaplowitz along with Adrian Broadus. we got a lot more in store for you right now as we continue. Um, Adrian, I'll say this. Uh, it's been a fun start to really what's been a, a three-hour broadcast and uh, looking forward to really the next two hours as we get ready to pack this house. Okay, I'm going to tell you this, Steve. Remember this image right here. It's hour number two. There's no one here. The uh, UTEP volleyball team is practicing. I predict in hour number three, things will start to, you'll start to feel it. Like right now we feel a little bit of it, but it's more smiles. Everybody's loose. Everybody's just kind of warming up. After uh, hour number two going into hour number three, we're going to see players locked in. We're going to see fans start to file in, and that's yep. when you'll start to really feel this place start to wake up here at Memorial Gym. Um, I would agree with that. And, by the way, I think that a lot of the fans are ready to go. They're just ready to get this thing going and that the team is excited. You know what was really cool was when the team walked into the arena for the first time, saw the shirts, the trophies, the caps for the winning team. I feel like that's what really got them juiced and excited and realizing what's coming up here for this uh, for this championship. You know what? I feel like both these teams are, you know, despite them obviously being in the championship, obviously playing for the title to be crowned the NIVC champions, but both both these teams are two of the best here in playing postseason volleyball right now, and, and that's one of the things that you always like to see. It's two quality uh, squads right here. One is UTEP. The other is Wichita State. You look at just the national leaders right now. The Shockers are second in assists per set, 15.5. UTEP is third in blocks per set. Uh, UTEP has 17 aces, which is actually second best across NCAA, and then Wichita is actually third with th uh, 16 kills per set. So both yeah. of them uh, have uh, their own respective, I guess, accolades when you talk about their statistical categories. Both of them are the cream of the crop right here. It's a very even matchup when you look at this on paper. From the number of victories to the style of play to the RPI rankings, I mean, realistically, these two teams are alike in a lot of ways. The only difference is going to be one team is going to be hosting this game with 3,600 screaming fans behind them, and the other team is going to come into a hostile environment as an underdog because they've got to play on the road. Yeah, you think about it. You talk about underdog. They are. Which the Shockers are the underdog. UTEP is 14-0 at Memorial Gym. I said this in hour one. I'll say it again. Uh, they are looking to win their 15th straight game at home here tonight. And that's a huge thing for these fans. How about these fans getting treated to some postseason volleyball action? And it's all coming up 7 o'clock start. No, I can't wait. Absolutely cannot wait. And I'll say this once again. Um, this is the place to be tonight in El Paso. And you might even go so far as to say this is the biggest sporting event 
but you went a little more recent than that, Adrian. You went two years later with a pretty significant men's basketball game. Yeah, I was talking about uh, the 50th anniversary of the 1966 National Championship team. And, uh, you know, sad to say, Steve, some of those members who were honored and recognized back in 2016 when it was the 50th anniversary of this, some of them are no longer around with us anymore. And and that's, uh, again, tragic to even talk about, but it was an incredible honor. You think about all the people who came on to give announcements as guests uh, throughout the game uh, when UTEP took on Western Kentucky. And then just like the cardiac kids back in 1966, in that game, uh, the Miners actually came from behind to beat Western Kentucky. So that was a sold-out crowd. Everybody was fired up to celebrate the 1966 National Championship team, and it was the 50th anniversary at that point. So I think that was probably the last uh, really, really, really big UTEP single-game event that we could talk about here with this athletic department. Not to mention a recorded message uh, that night from uh, the President of the United States. Yeah, President Barack Obama at the time, he uh, had a message to the minors. Also, Nike founder Phil Knight had a message to the minors. I remember even, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Pat Riley had a message in that game as well. It's just like a lot of different people talking about the relevance and the significance of the 1966 National Championship team who ended up, you know, en- ended up being uh, inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame as well, and rightfully so. That's so true. So, so true. By the way, just to kind of put this into perspective, okay, if UTEP was to get in to the NCAA tournament in, in women's volleyball, most likely uh, they are traveling to some regional on the road. They're not hosting it here in El Paso. In fact, the only way that could happen would be if they were hosting it at the Don Haskins Center. Let's just put it out there right. because you need a large enough facility to house fans from opposing teams, media, everything else. You just can't do it here at Memorial Gym. But for this particular tournament, it is a perfect, perfect site because you pack in, it's going to be loud, and you give you know you give UTEP the ultimate home court advantage. Yeah, I mean you think about it, uh, UTEP is going to pack this place. It's going to be shoulder to shoulder. It's going to be screaming crowd. I mean, I, like I said in hour number one, when you talk to people who have stories about the '70s when uh, UTEP men's basketball used to play out here uh, and how this place used to get packed with 5,000, now you, you just fast forward to 2023. It's the same thing as far as the community supporting a winner. It just happens to be a volleyball team that's gone on to play some postseason volleyball here in the NIBC. You're right. Uh, and if you want to get into the show, we'd love to take your calls today, 505-6009. Danny will let us know, and we'll go from there, 505-6009. You can also get into the program uh, using the mobile app, the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app, where you can uh, not just listen but send your questions in. I'm looking at uh, some of the questions from uh, you know last hour which was great. Paco wanted to know about any future facility upgrades in the works for Memorial Gym. Um, You know, you talked about facility upgrades in general. I think it was Ben Wallace who touched on the fact that they might uh, take some of those wooden, these original wooden seats out. Maybe they will get those signed in some capacity and auctioned off. 
and then put some some new seating in place here. That would I think would be the best advice. Yeah, and that actually maybe you can even increase that if that ends up being the case as far as the seating, or you could just uh, commemorate these old seats, which are awesome. I love the idea of of uh, auctioning them off and having people sign it. You know the hardwood from the previous court of the Don Haskins Center. I'm seeing st- some of that still pieces of that out there. Are That's you? still pretty cool to see. Are you, you know? talking now? Are you talking about the first time that was sold when Don Haskins was still alive, or are you talking about the most recent hardwood from last season? Most recent from last season. In fact, the center court is like hanging right before you go to the restroom area in the tunnel of the Haskins Center. So oh, that's very cool. There, to take a look. It's it's to your right. It's really, really cool. Oh, that's cool the way they've yes. been able to do that. Yes. All right, that was nice. Well, I know that they've cut the court up a couple of times. In fact, they sold signed pieces of the Don Haskins Center floor from the Bear wow. uh, when they had their first run. And this goes back to about 1990, probably 99 or 2000. Yeah, those are always really good ways to uh, do, you know, charity auctions or just silent auctions, whatever it might be. I think those are really, really neat things. I mean, people always ask us, what about Cohen Stadium? What about those old seats? And are there any of those out there and stuff? So people like those things. I think they're great to celebrate and great to have as a keepsake. I agree. And I think that this city would really get into having an opportunity to own a piece of historic memorial gym i've been telling utep for at least 10 or 15 years that they should take the original wooden seats and when they take them out auction those off give fans the opportunity to purchase them for whatever purchase price it is look they did it with ebbets field they've done it with all these old ballparks and arenas you could own a piece of a historic piece of chicago stadium with a chair yankee stadium why not have an opportunity to have an el paso and Want, a, want an original chair from Memorial Gym. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, you think about all the history in this gym and that, that has uh, been here over the years, so I think that would be awesome for fans to celebrate with. Oh, I'm with you on that one. So as we get ready for tonight's uh, matchup, I think what I'm most excited about here is how UTEP comes out. I always, I always think that the first set will tell us a lot about this team. You know, the good news is, This is their third sellout that they've been involved in in the last three matches. So it's not like tonight is going to be any different for them than what they've already previously seen in this tournament. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you think about it, Steve. Uh, this is a volleyball program right here that has uh, had a lot of success in the NIVC. They've only lost three entire sets, like period, sets. Uh, throughout four games in this postseason tournament. That just tells you the dominance they've had through this postseason run. So, yeah, you're right. It's It's got to be about that first set uh, to kind of really set the tone. I mean, no, you know, not trying to uh, throw a pun out there, but it's really the case. And to get the crowd behind this group and to make yep. sure that they come out the right way against Wichita State. Were you here in 14 when Utah played Rutgers in the Haskins Center in that championship game? Yeah, I remember that very clear. I remember the run, remember the team, remember Keith Adams' squad and everything about that. That was a, that was a lot of fun to watch. And I, the way, you know what I, I loved about that run is, again, the way that the city supported that whole entire community. So that was a really neat thing. I feel a lot of similarities because yes. I just remember that as the NIT, as they got deeper and deeper, the crowd started to grow right. and grow. And I remember Kifa at the time talking about how 
They had never sold a, ba- a home game out for women's basketball, and she ended up getting two back-to-back semifinals and the finals. Yeah, that was historic right there, and what and all it was able to do. And and you know, I think that's why fans were so welcoming uh, to Keitha Adams. That's part of the reason why they were so welcoming to when she came back here to El Paso because they remember the historic runs that she had. She brought. I mean, she made history. I mean, when's the next time we're going to be talking about a women's basketball squad selling out the Don Haskins Center? It takes greatness for that to happen and that team was all greatness and you know what this volleyball team is a lot of greatness as well so that they uh do have a lot of similarities 2014 out here to 2023 meanwhile as the uh, team warms up you can hear the music in the background that is designed it's by design because right now there's about 20 minutes left for the utep ladies to warm up and after this we'll see the opponents take the court for their warm-ups and that's Wichita State. And then they all have about another 60 minutes to rest after that. And then we get to the real stuff, which is the opportunity to see these two teams battle it out. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm ready to go. I feel like uh, you could start uh, seeing the excitement from some of the players. They're starting to get locked in. They're warming up here. And that's just how it's going to be all the way up till we get started here at 7 o'clock. That's I'm right. ready to go. Man, oh, man. Chad uh, Middleton just uh, texted into the show and said, That date in 2014 when the UTEP uh, women sold out Rutgers, that was the day that uh, they uh, took their daughter, their newborn daughter, home from the hospital. So that was London's first opportunity to come home. So it's interesting how certain days are just etched in memory, and it just so happens for Chad, that was when the birth of uh, his first child, his daughter London, uh, she had a chance to come home from the hospital. Wow, that's amazing. That's great news, and I love the memory right there, Chad. Uh, I remember, I think I was a junior in high school, so I was going through it at uh, Franklin High School, and then, yeah, getting ready for uh, senior year. So I remember that very, very clearly the year after that. Of course, I started covering some UTEP women's basketball, and I loved uh, all the interactions with that squad. The remaining uh, pieces of that squad who ended up staying out uh, with the team after. No, you're right. Absolutely right. Hey, uh, meanwhile, had a chance earlier today, I need to, uh, to mention this, had a chance earlier today to stop off at the house, and I had Eric and his team from Decca Garage Doors over. They were working on the house and uh, fixing some things for me involving a, a new garage door opener, some rollers, and some much-needed maintenance that I've needed on my garage for quite a while. Folks, I'll tell you this. There's a ton of garage door companies out there that you can choose, but go with the one that uh, I trust, and that's Deca Garage Doors. Not just the professionalism and how prompt they are and the team, but I love the fact also that when it comes to pricing, and it's so important, their prices have not changed uh, since the pandemic. Lots of companies have. Lots of companies have raised their rights, uh, their prices and their rates, not at DECA Garage Doors. They've done it right. Whether it's a new door, an opener, rollers, maintenance, they are one of the few owner-operated garage door companies here in the city. Not to mention, they can get started on your repair or installation. All you got to do is give them a call, 915-701-7355. That's 701-7355, or you want to learn more, go online to DecaGarageDoors.com. That's Deca, D-E-C-A, GarageDoors.com. Coming back with more in a moment, but first, let's head out to Charlie One for traffic. We are live. Memorial Gym, hanging out with you. It's Sports Talk, 600 ESPN El Paso.
back here on Sports Talk as we continue. You know, I need to give a big assist for Dr. Heather Wilson's appearance. Uh, both Drew Bonney and Jeff Darby made that happen yesterday. Ever since we came up with the idea that we wanted to bring Dr. Wilson on the show, uh, Drew contacted Jeff. Jeff talked to the right people, made everything happen. So to Drew and Jeff, thank you very much. That is the first time that Dr. Wilson has been on Sports Talk. And over the years, I probably had Dr. Natalicio on four, five, six times, maybe over the, the duration that she was president and I was hosting the show. So we don't get this very often. This is, uh, for us, we know how busy the president is. and But when you're on campus and they're able to come to an event they're already going to be at, it just happened to work out perfectly. Yeah, and she talked about it, prioritizing connecting with the community as far as her presence out here at Memorial Gym. That's important, in my opinion, just from you know the media perspective. Now, if you talk about fans, I think it's important to them as well, seeing their president out and about and out at sporting events. She downplayed it, Steve. She was like, oh, I don't go to all the sporting events out there. But uh, she does try to be a, a part of the big matchups for yep. all 16 sports across Utah Athletics. She has a reputation for going to a lot of matches and engaging with fans. It's not like she shows up and just kind of uh, sits to her seat. So. I, I agree with that completely. And she's somebody who uh, I think is, is just uh, go- really, really trying to uh, see this athletic department have success. She talked about trying to compete for conference titles. That hasn't happened with uh, any of these you know, uh, programs aside from volleyball, cross-country, track, that's pretty much it right there. Other than those programs, it's been hard to try to raise conference titles and conference banners for UTEP Athletics. It really has. Jason Craig's going to be out here DJing tonight. He's got his whole setup and all geared up and ready to go. Excited about that. We also have the opportunity to talk to Rachel Phillips from uh, our news partners at ABC7. She's out here live. Colin Deaver's out. And as we welcome back to the show... Uh, Rachel, for uh, an opportunity to spend a little time with us. Great to see you first off. How are you? I'm doing great. I mean, how could you not be doing great when you got a game like this going on in the city tonight? What a cool moment for the entirety of El Paso. It really is. And for someone like yourself who's covered a lot of sports here locally but really never seen quite this kind of event like we're seeing tonight, it's uh, it got to be pretty exciting to cover as well. Yeah, it does. You know, I'm, I'm an emotional person. I feel like I've told you guys this before. I cry at things very easily. And I was at the game out here on this incredible, and I was thinking about how hard Coach Wallace and his entire coaching staff have worked for this moment, how, t- how hard all the girls have worked for this moment for it to actually kind of culminate in that. I was just like, I was thinking about all that in my head and how incredible it was and the fact that the entire city is, is coming out to support. I mean, third sold-out game in a row. And I know so many people are like, why can't they open up the Don? We want to get in and watch it too. Like, it's that's how many people want to watch this game. It's so cool to see. So on Sunday, you actually had a special moment with Coach Wallace and his daughter, who made a cameo appearance. You had a fan who held the banner of UTEP behind you as well. What was that moment like, just uh, getting a chance to cover it from a media perspective for somebody who's put a lot of work in this program? And then you see it from a family perspective. He's got a family behind him backing this program as well. Yeah, I met his entire family that day. They were all so lovely, which is what you've got to expect, right, when you know, when you know Coach Wallace at all. It's like, of course, you're married to a lovely wife and have three great kids. Uh, his daughter was adorable. I kind of just wanted to keep talking to her all day and, and 
keep seeing her do the uh, UTEP chants. She was great. And then yeah, that fan came up to us before. was like, can I hold up the banner? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I said sure without even thinking about how long the interview was going to be. And then at the end of it, I was like, oh, man, this poor guy. His arms must just be about to fall off because it was probably about 4, 4.30 that he was standing there holding that banner for upright, straight arms. That's a lot of time my arms have been sore. But I think that just goes to show, like, I think Coach Wallace has made this team into a family, and every fan that kind of attends this game feels that. Hours that this community just is absolutely starved for something big to happen when it comes to UTEP athletics. A hundred percent. I mean, I think this fan base, every fan base is pretty hardcore for their local teams, but I think this one is no exception. And I mean, football, the last big season they had was when they went to the bowl in, in 2021. And that was obviously really exciting, but then still didn't win it. Uh, basketball has been, you know, doing better with Coach Golding at the helm, as well as Keith Adams coming in. And the women's team had a great season last year, but still no winning and no champions. And like, this is a chance for a UTEP minor team to bring home a championship and I think that is just so exciting uh, for this fan base and you look up at that wall over there there's one banner up there and it says the 2021 semi-finals of the NIVC this is a chance to put a championship banner on the wall here at UTEP and I was just talking to Coach Wallace he's got the Texas Western uh, t-shirt on right now and uh, I think a big part of that is because, you know, that Texas Western team used to practice in here yep. before they went and won a national championship. And, you know, now his team's in here and they could go win a, a national tournament. That's true. And, and, Rachel, we'll see. But we've all talked about just Ben Wallace's career arc as a coach. And there could very well be a Power Five that comes calling this offseason after hearing and reading about the successful uh, NIVC role and really what this town is all about. So that's another thing that, you know, you, you, you hope somebody like this could continue to stay and build the program, but from where it is now to where it was when he took it over, it's a pretty remarkable transformation. 100%. I mean, I know he came in in 2019 wanting to build a culture here that made people excited about volleyball and got the city involved in it, and he has done just that. And not only has he built that culture, but they're winning, and that makes it even funner, I think, for all the fans and more excited to be a part of it all. Rachel, uh, shifting gears over to NMSU. They got their bowl game this weekend, New Mexico Bowl. It's against Fresno State, Fresno State, New Mexico State. Yeah, so we're heading up on uh, Thursday morning. Uh, I think they're closing all practices to us, unfortunately, both Fresno State and New Mexico State, so we won't actually get to see them uh, practice ahead of that game. Uh, but they have all those welcome events, you know, the, the team parties and the dinners and the, the gift givings and, and all the things. So I think it should be a pretty fun week. I've actually never been to Albuquerque before. It's going to be my birthday while I'm up there. Nice. So, you know, we'll have to have some fun. But I think uh, what an incredible – we talk about incredible achievements for programs. And, I mean, for that team to be going to back-to-back bowl games for the first time in 63 years, I mean, it's about as incredible as it gets. And, and head coach Kill has been – at the helm of it all and, and made that happen and that turnaround it's it's pretty cool to see they have a chance to get 11 wins something that hasn't been done since that 1960 team to equal that I, there's just so many things that could happen in that game for to make memories and history for that program and it's exciting you know Diego Pavia he's expected to play he's meant to be healthy he uh, was throwing earlier this week then you've got Eli Stowers their backup QB who kind of does everything yeah. uh, wide receiver tight end all the things uh, he's meant to be healthy for the game so really exciting there might be a couple guys out because of the transfer portal and all of that we'll have right. to wait and see how that plays out but uh, I think they'll be fielding a pretty healthy and, and fit team and it could be a fun one up there so we already have members of the Aggie football team that are in the portal prior to the bowl game significant players too yeah, yeah. I was so uh 
a couple of them. Trent Hudson's one of them, obviously one of the top, uh, I think he's their leading scorer yeah. uh, this season. He went in there. We asked Coach Kill about that in, in a press conference recently, and he was kind of, it was a weird answer. He kind of was like, you know, that's not over yet, which kind of made it seem like maybe he's going to try and keep him in uh, Las Cruces. But, yeah, there's a couple guys in there. I mean, that's just the way college football and really college sports is going nowadays. I think it's sad that, you know, they don't want to see out the season and play in the bowl game. But, I mean, same you could say the same for Sam Hartman and Notre Dame. I mean, I was gutted to he's not coming and playing, but that's just the way the the cookie crumbles, I think, yeah. at this point in, in college sports. I'll say this. I expect it from teams like Notre Dame going to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. For them and for Sam Hartman, his agent's probably thinking, well, you're going around three through seven uh, pick regardless, so let's boost up your stock in the combine and let's get you ready for that. But for a school like New Mexico State that's trying to achieve history, that has gone through so much this year, that plays in the group of five level, that still has to kind of play to prove something, it, it's sad to see some of those guys hit the portal and not uh, stick it out all the way through. I'm all for player uh, empowerment, and I'm the first one to tell you that if a player wants to hit the portal, so be it. But in this case right here for New Mexico State, I have a hard time with this one right here, knowing that they have a lot to play for in this game. Yeah, and you know, it seems strange because that culture of that team, like it really does feel like any player would do absolutely anything for Coach Kill and vice versa. So I was a bit shocked to see some of the names that did go into the portal purely because of that that vibe that you get when you're around that team but I mean it, like you can't like you said <laughs> so be it you, you can't do anything about it I'm sure Coach Kill is going to try and convince those guys to stay and maybe I mean there's nothing to say that they won't play in the ball game right they still technically can it's up to coach and players as to whether they do or not um, and I think that'll be a, a big sign as to whether they're going to stay or not in the end uh, we're talking right now with Rachel Phillips here as we hit the bottom of the hour on Sports Talk we're live at Memorial Gym about 90 minutes away from UTEP and Wichita State, excited about the NIVC title coming here uh, to Memorial. Did you bring your 20 bucks so you can get a Memorial Maniac shirt with uh, the $20 donation? Do they take card? They do. All right, I got card. I can do that. I never have cash <laughs> on me, but um, I, I can do it on card. I have cash, and there is what the oh, shirt looks cool. like. Oh, yeah. They are nice. It's the wow. navy blue shirt with Memorial Maniacs and then UTEP Volleyball, which I think is very cool. It's you know, if everybody could be uh, wearing those shirts and have a nice little navy blue out, that would be a lot of fun. How many do they have of those? I don't know. That is a good question. All I see was the box. Um, Alberto sent that out with a $20 donation. These are the shirts that are going to be given out today to fans. So hopefully we'll be uh, seeing plenty of these T-shirts here. Uh, we need to be smart and get them before the uh, fans start to really pile in here. Yeah, exactly. We could give our $20 donation ASAP on that one, and that's great. I mean, it's awesome for these fans. You know, the big topic yesterday was the fact that there are pl- people who come to Memorial Gym, specifically the NIVC, and who've worn opposing university gear. Okay, so that was I the big reason. I did see that on Twitter or X, whatever yes. you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, and so that was the big topic and all that kind of stuff. So I, I get it from uh, certain people who don't feel who feel like that shouldn't be worn. So, hey, for those people who come in with uh, other gear of other universities, they can grab a Memorial Maniac shirt like Alberto points out. Yeah, and would... 20 bucks is cheap, too, especially considering you're not paying much for your tickets to get in here so that's right $20 grab a shirt you'll have that forever and and if they win tonight you'll have a piece of history yeah it's like what'd you rather have hot dog nachos and a drink or a shirt i'll take the shirt yeah 100 you could you can eat dinner before you get to the game you got time scoff down some food get here spend your 20 dollars on uh on a shirt I, I shouldn't say that i'm sure the the food people want their money too so 
hey, get uh, you buy food and get a shirt. Hey, Goodbye. speaking of food people, Scotty Walden's been taking a lot of uh, restaurant recommendations. What recommendations? He's not listening to this, but what recommendations <laughs> are you, you giving? It, yeah, you never know. You're right. Oh, gosh. I'm thinking L&J's was the first Mexican restaurant I was ever taken to here, and I okay. loved it, and I... I love going there. I, I maybe because it's a bit of like a memory for me. That was the first place I ever ate in El Paso, general, let alone Mexican food. So that one's one for me, and I think it's got a cool vibe in there. It's always uh, and the food's phenomenal. Uh, I also like Leo's, Mexican food wise, and uh, Rivieras. Like all three of them, they're three of my tops. But I like all the food in this city. People always ask me, "Do you like El Paso?" And I'm like, "The people are lovely." And the food is great. And how can you ever complain about a city when you've got those two things going for it? It's true. How can you? It's, it's the way to go. It's absolutely perfect. We're here right now with uh, Rachel Phillips as we continue on Sports Talk. By the way, I am getting requests from friends for shirts. That's like, <laughs> get, me, uh, get me a shirt, I will Venmo. The answer is I yes, I will take I see someone walking in with one now. This that is, is what's awesome. happening. That's the way it needs to be. Hey, I love Venmo. I love Cash App. I love <laughs> Apple Cash. Uh, but I'm going to be selling those shirts for $25. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to give so. us a little tip with there the $20, you know. we, can, like uh, we can make that happen. You're going to be, uh, Mark, you're going to be scalping shirts. That's right. Maybe I'll get my own shirt paid for. With Man. Hey, Coach Wallace said the other day, if people are scalping tickets, and I guess scalping shirts means you're doing something right. So that's that's a credit to this program. What do you think about Scotty Walden so far? I haven't met him yet. I was out of town, uh, unfortunately, when they had the, the press conference. But he seems awesome. Uh, somehow has more energy than Joe Golding, which I didn't know was physically or humanly possible. None of us did. Uh, but I think that's an awesome guy to bring in for this program, bring some energy and some life to it. Uh, and it's really cool to see. I tweeted about it today that he's offering a bunch of local guys uh, places on that team. I think it's something that hasn't necessarily happened the last few years. And it's cool that, that was one of the points he came in in his press conference saying, we're going to recruit the best guys not only in the city of El Paso, but the best guys in the state of Texas. And to see him following through on that already, I think, shows a lot to his character. Uh, and I think that's a really positive thing for the city to, to see him doing that. And it's great for the kids. I, I texted... Uh, Coach Torres of Pebble Hills today and said, Coach, congratulations. That's so awesome to see Marcus offered. He's one of the best kids, uh, seniors this past year. Uh, great wide receiver and really cool to see that, you know, Walden and, and his team is recognizing that. And Gaella Choa, they continue to of honor course, yeah, yeah. his letter as well. And they, they want to do. They want to get, they want to keep the best kids in El Paso from going someplace else. It's a good way to start. 100%. Meanwhile, uh, Utah basketball starting to face a little adversity uh, for the first time this season. Uh, they they have not looked good the last four games. They look great in the first five games. What's your early impression of what you've seen from Joe Golding and company? Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, I think we all thought that those first couple of games after you got through the, the Div 2 and Div 3 schools, you saw those next couple of games and it was like, oh wow. Like this this team has got something going and their offense was awesome and it was like, wow, okay, this like this could be something special. And then obviously, like you said, gone on a bit of a lull and the offense in itself is struggling and turnovers really, really hurt them uh, over the weekend. But it's Golding. I mean, if there's anyone that I trust to kind of get that program back, it's them. I mean, he's still got so many new guys he's working with trying to figure out the roster. And I think I saw him after that game kind of say that, like, this isn't the same lineup we're going to go with this next week. We're going to switch things up because people need to earn their spot. And I think that'll motivate a lot of the guys to kind of get it together and, and make sure that they put a good performance out but I think um, you know the Don Haskins invitation was coming up and they obviously didn't win that last year and I think that'll be a big thing for them is they'll want to win that this year and, and get things rolling again I agree with you I also think that Abilene Christian game is going to be huge we talked about that earlier because he goes back to his old stomping grounds 
and uh, you know he wants to come back and get a W and bring it back to El Paso. A hundred percent. You can't leave a school and then go there and, and get beat. That's just not like, I feel like a men- mentally as a coach, you're like, no, 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 this cannot happen. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of extra motivation for him uh, to get that win a hundred percent. So you're sticking around tonight for the game and then you're going to have all complete coverage uh, coming up. Will it be uh, not only at 6, but at 10 as well? Yeah, 100%. We, we'll do, uh, I think, three different live hits in the 6 p.m. show. That's how big this game is. My, my station's like, we want you live as much as possible. Uh, and then 10 p.m., we'll see how things kind of play out if they win, which should we even say if they're going to win, right? Uh, we'll be going live at 10 uh, a couple times as well. So, yeah, all the complete coverage on ABC7 at 6 and 10 p.m. So is there anything more exciting for you in the job than live hits from events like this? Is this really what the job is all about? I was meant to be off today, guys. I was meant to not be at work today. I had a one-day weekend because I was like, i got to be at this game. i got to work it. This is what it's all about. This is why we, you know, you go to the practices, you wake up early to go to the practices, and you, you work on Sundays and Saturdays till 1 a.m. in the morning some days so you can be in moments like this and, and be a part of it. And, you know, we, we get to know the players and the coaches so well. We talk to them so many times. So it's awesome for us to get to see them succeed because you, you build relationships with them and you want to see them do well. And so it's really exciting because obviously it's not all happiness. It, uh, sometimes you're, you're covering coaches getting fired and you're covering yeah. a lot of really sad and, and things that you don't want to be covering in sports. And so you got to enjoy these moments when they happen. So another part of this is women in sports and celebrating the, uh, you, you know, this team in particular. There's so much light on the volleyball program. There's so much light when it comes to the football program and the men's basketball program. And it's always great to shed some more light on women's sports especially when they have success at these high levels. Yeah, I think it's amazing, and I think Coach Wallace deserves a lot of credit for what he's been able to do to kind of shine these girls um, and make them make them shine, really. I, I think just the fact that you're getting sold-out crowds in here shows that women's sports is just as great as men's sports. I think if they were able to have moved this game into the Don, they would have had at least 8,000 ticket sales. That's what I would envision, right? It's like over 30... Over, sorry, over 3,000 tickets sold for this one back-to-back to back games. I would have imagined they would have got close to you know 8,000, if not more, and that just shows like women's sports is just as good as men's. I'm obviously a firm advocate of that. I'm a, woman, I'm a female who played sports my whole life, and I love female sports. I love men's sports. I, I love any sport, but I think it's great to see the community come out and support a, a women's sport. We had Dr. Heather Wilson here earlier today. She was talking to us about how great and how much fun this has been for her because, again, she's a a huge advocate of everything at this university, but this is the first real sporting event that she's seen with the kind of enthusiasm since she's been president to UTEP. Yeah, that would be – it's kind of – a little bit sad almost to see that that's kind of how long it's taken to to get a team to build this much excitement but i mean those tickets for this game sold out in what less than two hours 45 minutes 45 minutes what it was and then you had the the 50 ticket drop today was gone in like five minutes i think i quote tweeted immediately was like get those tickets now because they're not going to be there for long and they were gone so quickly that's how much and how excited people are for what's happening right now with this program and the cool thing is is like this is just the beginning it feels like like if no matter what happens tonight they've built this community now and you can guarantee that when this next season rolls around these people who've got to experience these last few games and the energy and the excitement and just how talented these girls are are going to be right back there for next season and cheering them on every step of the way right on appreciate you joining us today rachel thanks so much no, we'll, thanks guys we'll check you it. out at six and at ten and looking forward to it and come back and see us again done deal thanks guys appreciate you rachel phillips as we continue live from memorial gym come back with more in a moment 41 past the hour it's sports talk taking you up till seven o'clock right here 600 espn el paso
All right, welcome back. Sports Talk continues. We are live out here at a Memorial Gym. Ahead of the big one, it's the NIVC Championship between UTEP and Wichita State. Joining us next is the sideline reporter tonight for volleyball on ESPN Plus and our very own Alberto Retta. Alberto, you wear a lot of different hats, and this is part of your, uh, you know, everything that you do. This is part of your, your bag and, and as far as what you do. So this is just another opportunity to be out here for a, a historic night. Uh, give me your thoughts heading into this one. Well, it's a, it's a really big game. Uh, this is a phenomenal team that the UTEP Miners are facing. Chris Lamb is a phenomenal volleyball coach. He enters his 24th season, and he has 10 25-win seasons. This was his 10th 25-win season. So he's a phenomenal, phenomenal coach. They have uh, seven, six, I'm sorry, um, no, 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 four uh, Missouri Valley Championship Tournament titles. They have an NCAA four appearance. Um, they also... Um, play in a huge arena so playing in on this hole let's play at the don haskins the lady shockers they play at a charles cock arena that has a 10,000 seats so playing in the don haskins would only would have played to their to their strengths with the lights set up as they are if you watch any of their games they're playing on a basketball court in a basketball arena so that would have just messed with the the minors and would have helped the shockers uh win this ball game so I expect to see a, 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 a tight one, three, four. I don't expect three. I expect four or five sets here today. Well, I got to tell you what. We're excited about it. You put a picture out a little while ago on, on uh, your uh, Twitter X profile on the uh, minor uh, Memorial Gym Maniac shirts that were going to be uh, sold. I don't know if you know this, but those are gone. From what I heard uh, a little while ago, uh, they, they basically ran out of the allotment for tonight. If they have any left at all to sell, they would sell them tomorrow. Although it kind of defeats the purpose a little bit, let's be honest. You want those shirts for tonight because you're in Memorial Gym. Even though it's probably an evergreen shirt, that just goes to show you the demand we've seen on them already. Yeah, that's phenomenal for the programming. I mean, 20 bucks a shirt. I don't know how many shirts they had. That box I had probably had close to 150 in it. So wow. that's phenomenal for the team. A big fundraising night for them tonight. Let's see how they cap it off uh, in their performance tonight. Steve, you had people reaching out to you yep. uh, uh, during the break. I, re- I had people reaching out to me. Uh, a lot of people wanted these T-shirts, and they're all gone. Well, here's what I think happened, okay? They allowed people to make online donations for the uh. shirts. And I think what ended up happening was they started getting so many donations from people wanting those shirts, they had to be careful not to sell them all out today. Otherwise, they wouldn't have any left for those that made the online donation. Hey, money talks, man. And and if you're going to put your money where your donation is right here, then uh, you know what? To all the credit to all those people who donated and got the shirts. Shirts look nice, Alberto. I love the color, and I think it's perfect for uh, you know fans out here who want to celebrate this postseason run. Yeah, they're a great shirt. And you know what? Let's just take a moment and pause and, and just take it all in. Uh, what a great problem for UTEP Athletics to have. We don't have enough donation shirts to give people who are willing to donate to one of our programs to help it get better as it is than, than it is today so that's phenomenal i hope that that's something that utip athletics can build off of and build off of this energy that's been created by by this postseason run and this great volleyball team i'll say this i mean you've been a crowd you've seen some great performances and we also know just how tough it is for an opposing team to come into this venue and try to win yeah, it's not easy when you get 3,000 people in here just absolutely making a bunch of noise for every every UTEP point and uh, against every 
every opponent. It's great for them. And also, I think that one of the things that hasn't been stated is is the commitment to the people after the games. A lot of people stay after, meet the players, and I think that's great to, to be able to have that sense of community and have that accessibility to the players. You know, you see a lot of young girls out here that are wearing their own their own team volleyball gear and so for them to see not only a huge amount of success but to be able to get close to the players and meet them and embrace with them and take yep. pictures with them that's phenomenal i don't know how many schools do that but i'm glad that utep does and that makes it so that these donations just flow easier yeah it feels like steve the the theme of today's broadcast could also be how ben wallace has created a family-like atmosphere for volleyball i mean uh, Rachel used the word family earlier, saying how it's a family within his own program, but it's also a family for the community that comes out and cheers on volleyball game in and game out. So maybe that's uh, a bigger uh, storyline going into this one, the fact that this is a, a chance for the UTEP volleyball family to celebrate one last game, win or lose. I'll tell you what else. I love the fact that they're only really losing three players off this roster. They've right. got four seniors. One's coming back next year. So really, you've got three, and then if anybody goes into the portal, that's going to be their decision. So this team could very well be intact next year, and as long as they're healthy, make a great run at trying to win a uh, you know a Conference USA title. Yeah, and you know, speaking about the portal, it'll be really hard for any of these UTEP players to hit the portal, I think, on an emotional sense. You know, you make a deep postseason run, the city embraces you, you sell out the, the memorial, you sell out your arena three times before the end of the season, right before the end of the season. It would be silly for me personally to think that one of them wants to enter the portal to go seek something better when the city has given you a lot, you know, given you this, given you all this support, and you guys have had this team chemistry that has taken you so far. We've got two hours down, one to go. We'll come back with more Sports Talk Live Memorial Gym right after this. Start of our number three. Welcome back, everybody. We are live. Memorial Gym is where we're hanging out. Along with Adrian Bradis, Danny Pedroza, Steve Kaplowitz. My thanks to Alberto, who was with us last hour. Now we get to move to UTEP Zay, who is back with us right now. The one and only Zay Galindo. Um, Zay, such a cool name. You have essentially made it your first name. Congratulations on that. <laughs> when you have a UTEP credential that has... Zay as your front, you must be thrilled and realize that, uh, hey, they everybody respects the Zay, right? That's what it's all about. Yes, yes. It took a while, but people, you know, even at school, I'm getting Zay now. So little by little, little by little. Remind everybody, including myself, the origin of Zay. Where did Zay come from? Yeah, yeah. Everybody asks me this question. Uh, my middle name's Isaiah. So, you know, Isaiah, Zay, it just rolls off the tongue better than, than Nick. UTEP Nick doesn't sound, you know, as flattering. <laughs> is Zay a common nickname for Isaiah, or did you just adopt Zay? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty common nickname, I'd say. I'd say, like, you have, like, Isaiah Thomas. I used to call him Zay sometimes. So. He's Zeke, but, okay, I like that. Oh, the other one, the other oh, one. Oh, you're talking about the, the, the younger Thomas. the younger yeah, the Isaiah. Younger one, yeah. Got it. Yeah, Got it. so. Were you ever thinking of calling yourself Zeke? 
No. UTEP Zeke doesn't sound as good as UTEP Zay. It doesn't. UTEP Zay kind of just rolls off the tongue really nicely. Yeah. That's, that's kind of why I chose it. I like it. Um, you were here Sunday. You've been here for a lot of these big ones. Uh, what's your reaction to tonight? Well, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. You heard Alberto. I mean, Wichita State is a they're a powerhouse kind of. They you are. Know? So that's kind of what UTEP. I, I'd say UTEP would want to be something like Wichita State. You know, consistent success at um, at a mid-major program. That's big. So I'm really excited. I mean, it's going to be a, a battle of two really good teams that you know probably could have been the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile. As we get ready for tonight, um, and as excited as we are, you have been on the UTEP football beat ever since Scotty Walton uh, got the job. So, first off, um, was Scotty Walton, was, I know you are definitely Team Brendan Marion. You weren't shy about that. A lot of us talked about, really, Brendan Marion, how excited we were. But Scotty Walden uh, was someone we also liked. We all thought, if given the opportunity, could do big things. What's your reaction been ever since he was introduced as head coach last week? Yeah, he has a lot of energy. He excites a lot of people, and that's exciting, right? I mean, he's come in. He's talking about, you know, going to high schools, going to try food, right? He's already won over a lot of fans that, you know, may have been on the defense about this hire at first. So it's been really fun. You know, recruiting died out kind of with the old staff down the stretch. So I was kind of deprived of some recruiting content. That's why it's been so exciting to see them throwing out all these offers. And whether, you know, whether some of these offers are really, you know, even committable, I'm just excited to report them. Hey, uh, the offensive coordinator was named this past uh, weekend. Why is it important to know that the La Tech offensive coordinators come in to uh, help Scotty Walden call plays here at UTEP? Yeah, we haven't, you know, obviously Dana Demo called his own plays, so it's going to be interesting to see how, how that kind of dynamic works. And, um, I mean, he's a good recruiter. He has ties to the state of Texas. He, he you know, he's recruit, he can recruit the, the South really well. So I'm, exi- I'm excited to see, you know, if he's able to bring over any Louisiana Tech transfers from his offense. You know, we saw a Louisiana Tech transfer at the portal today. So I'm really excited to see how, you know, that, that works out. We know that there are more than 20 in the portal from UTEP right now. From what I've been told, um, a few of them might come back, but the majority of them are going to be gone. That being said, as they continue to offer players left and right right now and to host players for visits, have you been impressed with some of the players that UTEP is going after? Yeah, they're going after a lot of FCS guys, a lot of FCS All-Americans, maybe younger FCS players looking to make that jump. So I want to see how that works. You know, Once this roster is built out, if a lot of them are coming from the FCS level, how will that translate to FBS? That's that's really my biggest question, and I'm really excited to see how that turns out. Walton talked a lot about how the foundation is going to be high school students, like high school recruits, Steve. So it's going to be interesting, this first recruiting class, the blend of it, right? Because you see the FCS feelers that Zay's talking about. He also talked about some, hey, maybe you're, you're trying to get some guys like the UCLA running back was offered over the weekend. I was thinking to myself, that's a big, big shoot for UTEP to try to get somebody like that. But that's what they're trying to do, get in more recruiting battles in the transfer portal and then mix it up with high school guys. Do you like that that kind of blend right there, Steve? As far as I'm concerned, go ahead and get the best kind of players you can go after. I like the fact that they're not backing away from some of these bigger names and bigger schools. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you're UTEP, shoot for the sky, right? There's no reason why you should just limit yourself. It's an interesting mix. I don't know how the best FCF players are going to transfer over, but I'll say this. Sometimes FCS All-Americans go Power 5. 
So there's no reason why, if you can't grab the best names out there, you might as well take a shot and go for it. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really aren't backing down. A lot of these FCS guys, they have Power 5 offers as well. So, you know, he talked about that. We're not going to back down from anybody, which is good to see, right? You want to get into these big-time battles. And, hey, if you lose, oh, well, right? You you put your best foot forward. You you took a chance on a big-time guy. And even if you don't get him, that will excite the fan base. You know, you have the, you know, the energy to go into that that's really cool so the one position they haven't recruited is quarterback except for today we hear the news that Furman transfer quarterback Tyler Huff has reportedly heard from UTEP now heard and offered are two different things but Huff is somebody who threw over 6,000 passing yards in his career and ran for 1,813 rushing yards over his career, 66 total touchdowns over his career. What do you think about that name right there, Zay? Well, yeah, he's a winner, right? He, he um, Going to Furman, they're a big-time FCS school. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're in the FCS playoffs, or they were in the FCS playoffs. I'm not sure if they're in there anymore, but you know, he's a winner. He played for a, a winning team in the FCS, and... You need to bring in winners to a a program that hasn't won a lot. You need to bring in that that mentality that, hey, we're going to come in, we're going to win. And, um, you know, he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's a really – he does a lot with his legs. He improvises a lot. So, you know, we'll see, you know, if UTEP is really interested in this guy or if they're just throwing out, you know, maybe a a hay or maybe they just want to get, you know, certain things. But – um, it'd be exciting. It's exciting to see, you know, them recruit quarterbacks. You know, we'll see We'll see where they go in that position. See, and speaking of players, like, look at Javon Jackson for Austin P last year. Sophomore, 1,300, almost 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns. I'm interested to see if a guy like Jackson wants to follow Scotty Walden to UTEP and all of a sudden boost the running back room. Yeah, I mean, he received a UTEP offer today. So, you know, he'd be him and Aaron Dumas if he decides to stick around. That'd be an exciting one-two punch, right? That that quickly you can get in a guy like, you know, like anybody, right? Yeah. Anybody that can run for 1,300 yards, that's somebody you want in your football team. So he already knows, um, you know, Scotty's system, which would really help UTEP, you know, significantly. You see them, you know, recruiting all these Austin P players. That wow. will help Scotty, you know, implement his system so much quicker. They also have uh, three receivers, two sophomores and a junior in Cam Thomas, Trey Goodman, and Trey Shackelford. Now, again, those guys all had big years, seven, eight, six, seven hundred yards, five to seven touchdowns apiece. So, you know, UTEP already lost some receivers right now. You need to replenish that. If you're going to need to grab the best of the best from Austin P season and bring them over, it makes a lot of sense. It does. And, you know, these guys that you're talking about, you know, maybe they don't want to follow Scotty. Maybe they want a new a new beginning, and they have offers to do that. So I'm interested to see, you know, how quickly. I want to see, you know, how quickly they're going to get commitments in, right? You know, he tweeted out they have three commitments already, so I'm excited to see who that is. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting because a lot of these guys, they have a lot of other group of five offers. So I want to see if UTEP can win, you know, recruiting battles like that. You know, what's interesting is, so we've, we've talked about this a lot, early signing day is coming on uh, in eight days from now. So, you know, a week from tomorrow, that's early signing day, and that's when UTEP announces their full early signing class. There's three names that were solidified over the weekend, like you mentioned, Zay, but they need more of those names to come in. And I'm talking about immediate plug-and-play guys who can be immediate uh, mid-year transfers come in, join the system for spring ball, and be ready for the big, uh, you know, be ready, obviously, for, the, for uh, you know, what's ahead. Another thing that I would say, though, Zay, 
if they don't, uh, if they probably also need like an ultimatum date for their current guys who are in the portal who might uh, come back or might not come back. There kind of needs to be that ultimatum date like, hey, we need to know whether or not you're coming or you're leaving. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I want to see how many players come back. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of their rosters in the transfer portal right now. So yep. um, I'm really, you know, I'm interested to see what guys want to come back, what guys, you know, if Scotty says, I'm pretty sure Scotty has the open door saying, hey, if you want to come back, your spot here is, is reserved. But I'm not sure how long that'll be. Like you said, a date where, hey, are you going to stay in the portal or are you going to come back? We need to know. At the same time, you know, you had Cade McConnell with you and, uh, and, and Lane on Friday's show and uh, the two of us were out. Um, look, Cade's sticking around. He wants to stay. He loves the opportunity to be in the mix for that starting job breaking fall camp. And I'm going to be interested to see if Cade gets into a system with a quick, quick offense where you already know you're calling plays every few seconds and you're not having to wait to get them called in right before the ball is snapped what a guy like that could do in a system like this. Yeah, I remember when Cade first got on the field, I think it was against Louisiana Tech. The offense was stagnant the whole time, and it was down the stretch. They put him out there, and he let a really good drive in a matter of maybe even a minute. So we really didn't get to see that a lot, you know, last year, letting Cade just go, just go rapid fire. So, you know, he, he obviously, he showed out in the end of the year. He deserves a shot to uh, compete for a starting quarterback position. And he's not he doesn't seem like the guy that's going to back down, you know, just because they bring in some transfer quarterback, some high school guy. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how, how he turns out. I think the team needs to prioritize defense for immediate uh, guys to play right away. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the rest of this early signing class be uh, emphasized toward more of a defensive approach. But at the same time, if I'm UTEP, I'm really prioritizing wide receivers, knowing that they need to go quick. And Steve, there's a lot of uh, offensive linemen from this past year that will not be back this next year. Elijah Klein, Andrew Mayer, Zuri Henry, all graduated. Stephen Hubbard, all graduated. So they're no longer a part of this squad. Justin Mayer announced his uh, commitment to Colorado, so he's no longer with the program. So from the offensive line and the wide receiver standpoint, offensively, I think that needs to be the priority for UTEP. We'll see what happens, though. Are you surprised that Maurice Westmoreland is sticking around right now because he is not in the portal, and he has a chance to be an absolute stud on the defensive side. And we look at young guys that have come in here and made the most of it. His stock was up last season when he got the opportunity, and he might be able to kind of take over And where Tyrese Knight is now, you know, his eligibility is gone, and same with Praise Amehule, all of a sudden you could get Mo Westmoreland as one of the leaders on the defense. Yeah, I mean, he's such a versatile player. You know, the last staff use him kind of like J.J. and Taylor, kind of that drop in. So he can do so much for a defense. If he's able to stick around, he's a building block for that UTEP defense. It, it, It got gutted also. You know, it got gutted. They lost, you know, a bulk of their secondary. They lost their two starting linebackers. Just like you said, Fraser Mayhule. So if he's able to stick around, that's a guy you can build on, and um, it'd be huge for this staff to keep him. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, you look at the major losses. You lose Latrez Shelton, Kobe Hilton, Justin Mayers, Elijah Johnson. Uh, you also lose guys like James Neal, Mikel Broussard, Tory Richardson, Kelly Akari, Dion Hankins, Tyron Smith, Jeremiah Ballard, Torrance Burgess Jr., Marcus Vincent. I mean, that is a lot, a lot of players. Okay, I'll ask you both a tough question. 
if you could pick one player to return on this team, with the exception of Mayer, who's already committed to Colorado, where would you go? One player out of that whole list right there of transfer portal guys, where would you go on this? You know, my first answer is going to be Kobe Hilton. He is a difference maker in that secondary, and when he is on the field, big things happen. You've already lost everybody else practically from your secondary anyway, but to me, Kobe Hilton is the kind of guy that can lead a defense, has a couple of more years of eligibility, I believe one or two left, so I'd probably go Hilton. How about you guys? Yeah, I'd probably go with Kelly Akari. I mean, he's had, he had such a good season. You know, he knows in here. He's a they're in need of wide receivers. Obviously, having a guy like Dion back would be huge, but, you know, running backs... As much as I hate to say it, they're replaceable. You can get another big guy like him. You can get, you know, it's hard to it's hard to find receivers. It's really hard to find receivers, good ones like Kelly Akari. So I'd go I'd go with Kelly. I'd still go with Deion Hankins, guys. I mean, I just think that that's the staple of your program from the past three seasons. He's one of the best running backs uh, to come out of UTEP in a while. Durability has always been an issue, so I would bank on one more healthy season of Deion Hankins because at that level, I think he could be one of the best running backs, if not the best in college. Conference USA. How does a guy who's built like that I know. run I know. a play every 12 seconds to where this offense, it almost seems like you need fast, durable players that can go, go, and go. And Dion is the kind of back who's built to run over you. But think about it. You know Dion's style of running. You imagine he tries to break through, and then immediately when that play is over, right back in the huddle to do it again and again and again every 12 seconds. I don't know if Deion Hankins and his style is conducive to what we are about to witness come next August, September, when this team takes the field. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, Deion hasn't run this kind of offense, uh, a fast-paced style of offense, since the likes of his days at Parkland yep. under Gabe Herrera, the quarterback, and Hatib Lyles. When they were either doing RPOs, Gabe Herrera would just hand that ball off to Dion and he'd run for 15, or he'd pull it back and throw it to Hatib Lyles, who just uh, wrapped up another season playing FCS football. So, I, I mean, you're exactly right. I don't know if that offense is conducive to his style of play. I just think for what he is, a, a red zone threat, somebody who's going to score a touchdown in a goal line situation, or somebody who can get you one yard, maybe three, on a fourth and one situation. I think for all those reasons right there, you put Deion Hankins, not to mention everything you can do for you off the field, be an ambassador of the program and a no leader doubt. among some of the younger guys but they have. But at the same time, he was one of the early guys to go in the portal. Right. Which made me wonder if this, if his mind was made up no matter who would be the head coach. Good point. And he's only received two offers thus far, Texas Tech and Tulsa. There's just a lot of running backs in the portal to Zay's point. Yep. It's a replaceable position. It's sad to say. It's unfortunate to say. But uh, it's just the reality if you're a running back in today's college football world. Don't feel too bad if he's going to Texas Tech. He'll be making good NIL money right. and he'll be playing in the Big 12. Hey, good point. Uh, I, I definitely agree with that. And Hey, Zay, I know that real quick, I know we have to get to the break, but I know you have a lot of UTEP women's basketball real quick. Give me your thoughts on this team right now uh, before, you know, before I obviously wrap up here. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're watching this team. You know, they, they're still learning. They're still learning how to play together. They're still learning how to play under Keza Adams. And, you know, that's evident, especially down the stretch. I mean, they go, they're up on Portland about nine points at the end of the third quarter you know they end up letting them come back goes to overtime at that point they're just out of gas and you know hopefully by conference play you know this team they'll learn how to play together they have a lot of young talent obviously Jana Sinde is one of the best players in conference USA so no you know you got to give it some time 
uh, you know, this is Keith's first year. You're going to give her time to build it, so we'll see how the rest of the season goes. So, All right. Good job, Zay. Great to see you. Enjoy tonight. Take some great pictures, and always appreciate you dropping in. Of course. We got UTEP Zay as we get to a break. 19 past the hour. We are winding it down, folks, about 40 minutes away from the big one. UTEP taking on none other in the NIVC championship than Wichita State. Going to be a fun one, folks, as we send it over right now to Charlie One. Let's get our first traffic update of our 6 o'clock hour. In the Paso Metroplex, the uh, big trouble spot that we have is I-10 West at Yarborough. We have the crash. Right two lanes taken away. There's backup to Santa Costa. You're in the stop and go here. I-10 West at Yarborough. That crash is really tying it up there. All the way back, traffic backed up all the way back to Saragossa. So caution here. There's a crash also South Desert and Marne on the uh, in the Upper Valley. So caution there. You're stacked up in traffic also. I-10 East downtown to the Reynolds area. I-10 West by Santa to Spaghetti Bowl area. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. Leo's has a full-service bar. Over the first of Papilla, thank you for choosing Leo's. Family-owned and operated. Go Miners, Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rimcon. I'm Charlie One 600. It's been a pass. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. We are back uh, here out at Memorial Gym. 37 minutes and change before we get started for the big one. Miners and, and uh, Shockers going to be battling it out for the NIVC championship. Uh, again, if you are not fortunate enough to get a ticket, the game will be airing on ESPN+. Plus. Duke Keith will the call tonight. And uh, right now we've got uh, from the UTEP Beach Volleyball team, Associate Head Coach Daniel Fu with us. Coach, great to see you. Uh, thanks for being here. And, uh, man, oh, man, what an atmosphere, huh? It, it's a great atmosphere. Uh, the whole tournament has been great. It's been awesome to be able to host and have people see what El Paso will bring out when you're winning and doing well. How many of these players do you have right now on your beach volleyball roster? Yeah, so we're going to bring out probably four of these indoor girls in the spring to the beach roster. Well, you just went through year one, and we already know that there is a bit of a transition from year one to year two. So uh, tell me a little bit about how that went for you and, and really uh, what, I, I guess, the first season was like when you start to evaluate. Yeah, I mean, the evaluation was we had – a group of 12 players um, of the 12 players two of our players actually had beach volleyball experience before that uh, so it was really growing and developing learning the game learning systems um, and I couldn't have been more proud of my team tournament to tournament getting better e every weekend um, and we actually got to repeat a couple teams so we got to see a couple teams twice which helped us evaluate where we stood and we, we played better in each of those matches getting very close in a lot of the matches uh, when we got to conference tournament we lost a lot of those matches by two or three points and that that's been the focus in the fall with the beach only girls was 
how do we get three or three points better, two points better? How do we start to win those matches that we were in but didn't win? Uh, and that, that was a big transition, I think, from year one to year two is now learning to win and not, not just learning the game. Like, that, that was a big thing for the first year. How many, wait, since it's two-on-two, two, uh, beach volleyball, how many different matches are there within a match? Because you, I'm assuming you've got more than two players that are yeah. going to be competing. So how does that work? So it's similar to tennis. We have five teams playing, uh, two, two versus two in all of them. Uh, and you are required to rank those teams. So you rank them one through five. Gotcha. Our ones play their ones. And um, you're trying to get the, the best of uh, five. So you're trying to get three wins in there. Of the fives that you had last season, really, where would you say your strength was? Was it your ones, your twos, your threes, so on and so forth? Yep. Which team had the most success for you last season? Yeah, our winningest team uh, was actually El Paso native Maddie Hill and Marianne. Uh, they were in our five and mixing into the fours. Uh, because of their success, they moved kind of up and down in, in that spot. Um, but they had a lot of success. And like I said, learned a ton. Uh, and with a new program, you tend to see a lot of success in the lower levels between four, uh, three through five. Um, our ones are, are good, but they're not quite to the level of a lot of the teams we played la- last year. Um, but this year, I think that's going to be a little different. We're going to be stronger one one through five and a little bit more compact with our competitiveness uh, one through five. How is it practicing with you guys? What, what does the practice look like for you all, knowing that this is the first year getting acclimated to new facilities, being off campus, obviously, and, pre- and preparing? Yeah, we're like actually that. on campus. We're over by the rec center. Oh, great. Uh, so we have a two-core facility over at the rec center with, with plans of having a bigger facility uh, closer to, like, all of athletics later on um but i mean practices in the fall are very different than in the spring because we're missing some of our bigs Uh, a lot of our bigs come from the indoor side so those crossover players don't practice with it all at all in the fall so it's a a lot about um kind of working on our offense and, and working on um what we want to design for our team and trying to get them up to speed but minus a lot of the big work that we would have blocking and stuff like that Uh, We do a little less defensive work and a lot more uh, offensive-minded strategy systems building in the fall. Then when we get to the spring and have our full team with us, um, practices get a little bit more dynamic with the two courts and having more players on it. Um, But we tend to work offense a lot. Uh, That's kind of a philosophy of mine is I think the um, serve-receive and scoring in um, serve-receive is kind of the most important part of this game and then you work into serving service pressure and then defense falling into that third category um building that and that's just kind of my own personal philosophy but where i found success daniel foo utep associate head coach for uh, beach volleyball joining us here on sports talk as we hit the bottom of the hour all i know is this when you've got uh, a two-court practice facility but you have really 10 plus on the beach roster that is a challenging situation because how do you have enough space to really want to work everybody out to do the kind of things we always hear well El Paso's got a ton of sand but not enough water well you still have to make sure that you've got enough sand for everybody to work out yeah I mean mean, the, the challenge is is just being efficient with your time being efficient with your players uh, not letting a lot of reps. We, we use all sides of the court. We'll, we work really at 
planning the practices and preparing for the practices so that they are efficient and they move quickly and get through players. Uh, as our program grows, though, we will need a bigger facility, like just the demand. And because it's a two-person sport, you need more courts because yeah. you can't play with six people on the court. It doesn't make any sense for, for the game. How, uh, how, do the tr- how do you help the girls who are coming from indoor go to outdoor transition easily? You, you mentioned the no practice side of it, uh, but how do you help them kind of transition between both sports? Really, we spend the first two to three weeks uh, in January when we get back um, to practicing to really kind of blending them in. But it's a lot of the player help. Like a lot of the beach-only girls, that is a demand that I have of them is being player coaches almost on the court. Is like you have to help them come up to speed. There's got to be a ton of communication. We can't be a team that doesn't communicate well. If we don't, they won't catch up. And that was something we did great last year we did a great job of communicating and learning every single time we were on the court we were learning we were developing and i think the indoor girls understand that and really bring that when they come out it's it's a, it's such an interesting way of looking at that transition because like you said you only have four so that means you've got um how many that are just beach volleyball eight right now okay perfect world how many would you like to have on your roster Perfect world between 16 and 20 for the full roster. Uh, that in- will include crossovers. Um, but next year we'll have 12. And I feel like that 12 to 14 beach only is a really great range. And then adding some height and size from the indoor side is always going to be beneficial. When you get the facility to start hosting matches, that will be a game changer because oh, then sure. you can get fans to come in and watch. Yes. It's got to be so difficult knowing that in these first few years you're playing exclusively road matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's really difficult. And the hardest part about it is talking to the community. Is like going out and then talking about beach volleyball. Beach volleyball is not very well known in the region. Uh, and so going out and talking to some of the high school coaches, talking to just some of the fans that are like, I really want to support you. When are you going to host a match? Uh, I'm sorry, not this year. Yeah. And, and that, that's a hard thing. But we, we do a good job of streaming our matches. We have a platform called Sportfeed that we stream all our matches. We send them out to our fans. We send them out to parents and things like that. Uh, we try and put it on our social media so that people can and have access to watching us. But it is it's really challenging to not be able to have a venue like this where fans can come in and see our success and see the growth. So what we need to do is help build you a facility, right? And get, and get that full facility in, yes. uh, especially since we know that it probably will be in a different spot than your current area yep. is right now. Yeah, I, I think it, it will definitely be in a current uh, different spot. Uh, the area that we are at right now doesn't have enough um, space for the amount of courts. If we want to host conference championships and stuff, is what kind of our administration and I have talked about. Is like down the road, we'd like to host conference championships. That requires five courts, which is a lot of space. Uh, so I think it will definitely be in a different spot, and hopefully it's around here in the athletic area. I mean, between the Sun Bowl and Memorial, somewhere in there would be awesome. Uh, granted, that would take away some parking spots, which is always challenging at UTEP. Uh, parking is a premium. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a matter of logistics and finding it and then having people help out and support us. Could there be a way for fans to come by the existing courts to see it firsthand and just get an idea of what the beach volleyball team is like? Yeah. I, 
I am a big fan of just having open practices. Please come out and see it. Uh, during the spring, uh, we'll be practicing normally between 3.30 and 5.30. Uh, that always changes weather-wise and things like that. We try and be flexible. But that's kind of our, our time frame is 3.30 to 5.30, 3 to 6 in that area. If you want to come out and check out Beach Volleyball, I am a open book, and I'm more than happy to have you come out, check it out, ask questions, talk to me. I will talk volleyball all day with you, and I'm happy for it. How is Conference USA in terms of the quality of uh, beach volleyball teams? Uh, very, very tough. Uh, we have three top 20 programs in, in our uh, conference with the number two in the number two team in the nation, TCU. For the majority of the season last year, they were number two. I think they ended up four overall at the end of the season after the tournament. Um, they they entered our. Um, conference this year but only for this year because they're starting their own conference uh the following year uh fau is a perennial top 20 program fiu is also a top 20 program uh uab and tulane also are getting votes for the top 20 so we have a very strong conference it, it, it's a challenging conference but that's what i love and that's kind of how i also schedule is i'm, I'm going to schedule a, a tough schedule which is challenging it always doesn't lend for the best wins but it does lend for us getting better faster Adrian, it's interesting, as Coach was mentioning all the programs, a lot of them aren't even in Conference USA. Yeah, yeah I love watch. I love looking at the conference list for Beach and realizing the, co the quality of co uh, competition that we get to face uh, in Conference USA. And the interesting, or we get to see in Conference USA, and the interesting thing from your perspective is you get to go all across Texas, and it's all it's got to be good for recruiting as well, saying, yeah. hey, we actually play the Houstons, the Tulanes of yeah. the world. We play and go out to Miami. Yep. and visit FAU, FIU, regardless of the program that might, might be out there. But that must do a lot for recruiting. Yeah, it makes it really – I mean, it has been challenging with uh, UT Austin starting their program, uh, but it is nice. Like, it, going out and recruiting as UTEP, it was faster than I expected. I kind of expected to have to go kind of earn a lot of people's respect, and we started the program, and we started getting a lot of interest right away from the Texas Natives. Because they do, they want to stay in Texas and they want to have the ability to play top programs, and Conference USA offers that. Well, all I know is this last season you played in Tucson, Bakersfield, California, Hammond, Louisiana, Youngsville, Louisiana, back to Tucson, and then Fort Worth and Fort Lauderdale. So uh, it seems like Fort Worth's pretty big when it comes to it, and Tucson, obviously, yeah. kind of a, a hotbed. Just, does Tempe also have a, uh, a, a you know beach volleyball system? Yeah, Phoenix is huge. Um, GCU is a top ten program. ASU just took GCU's head coach, uh, so I think they're on the up. Um, they're going to be a really great program. I have a lot of respect for Kristen Rohr. Uh, she's a phenomenal coach. Um, so I think they're going to be on the up. Uh, yeah, Phoenix, Tucson, and, and the other part is that. What people don't realize, those places are closer than going to Dallas or going to Houston. Like, for us, that's an easy drive to go to Tucson. That, that's an easy flight to go to Phoenix. You're from Albuquerque. Does Albuquerque have beach volleyball for college? Yeah, it did. It did for a little while, and they cut the program. So I, I was coaching at the University of New Mexico. I was the volunteer assistant coach. Uh, at, at UNM for five years, and they cut the program in 2019. Oh, man. So now, for you, it's got to be especially satisfying staying in the area. Yeah. You've probably known Ben Wallace forever from your days yep. when he was in New Mexico State. You are in New Mexico to rejoin him here at UTEP and start this from the ground up. That's got to be pretty exciting for you. 
Yeah, I've actually known Ben since he was at UNM. Uh, so, like, I've known him for a long time. Uh, he, he's followed the program. We actually had some exhibition matches against New Mexico State at UNM uh, while he was coaching at New Mexico State uh, and then got, got to work with him. He called me, and we went through this process of starting this beach volleyball program here, and it, it's kind of been just a dream to do. Fantastic. Well, Coach, we've been enjoying having you. Thanks for the time, and please come back and see us in the studio with some of your players during the year so we can keep tabs on how the beach volleyball season's going. I can't wait for that. Thank you very much for your time. You got it. He's Daniel Fu, folks, associate head coach for UTEP uh, Beach Volleyball. When we return, we'll take our final segment. We'll get you ready to go. 23 minutes and change until UTEP gets ready for the finals of the NIVC against Wichita State. We're live at Memorial Gym at Sports Talk and 600 ESPN El Paso. It is the final countdown here as we continue and wind things up. 16 minutes away from the match starting out here at Memorial Gym. I'm Adrian Bradis along with Steve Kaplowitz, Zay Galindo, Alberto Retta, Jason Craig. Everybody's out here at Memorial Gym getting ready for the big one. Uh, and we, were, we are getting ready just as well. Actually, if you can't make it out to the tonight's sold-out match, I want to emphasize this one, and it's really important that we promote it in, in a big way, Steve. Duke Keith, our very own, will be calling the coverage tonight for ESPN+. Plus. So for all the listeners and all the people who wanted to come out tonight but couldn't get the tickets, well, Duke Keith will have it for you, ESPN+, Plus, coming up at the top of the hour. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Duke is... Duke is uh, the most versatile man in the business, the most versatile man in the business when it comes to anything that he has done broadcast-wise. i got to mention this because Andre in D.C. has mentioned this a couple of times uh, on the app. He said, question, is Aaron Dumas still at UTEP? Because if he stays put here, That's a good Coach point. Walden has his starting running back. That's a really good point, and I would say this. What's going on? Uh, I would say this. When, when it comes to Aaron Dumas, he was one of the best running backs in the city of El Paso just a few years ago. He actually, in the pandemic-shortened 2020 season, he had a chance to break Deion Hankins' all-time rushing record that he set in the city of El Paso. Aaron Dumas left to New Mexico out of high school, then had an all-conference standout season at New Mexico uh, in the Mountain West. He ends up going to Washington. Steve Washington's playing in the college football playoff. He That's couldn't right. break in that roster because of all the talent that they had across that, bo- uh, that the, the board. And now he's back at UTEP. Couldn't get eligible this season in particular. So next season, that's a big question mark. Can he come back at UTEP? Is he part of the future plans? And if so, UTEP's got their building piece right there at the tailback spot. Well, let's put it this way. Aaron Dumas hasn't been healthy in a year. And really, he was seldom used in Washington. It's going to be hard to find a better landing spot than UTEP and a system like this. So it almost seems like for Aaron Dumas, this could work out absolutely to his advantage, especially when you don't have Torrance Burgess, especially when you don't have Deion Hankins, and you start to realize that 
the running back spot has opened up. And you've got him. You've got Ezel Jolly. I mean, you've got a nice little core of potential players that could really benefit this system. Yeah, we talked about transfer possibilities for from Austin P. like Jackson, the running back. We also talked about Mike Franklin. He's a, a complimentary back that could help any team. He, he dealt with injuries all season long, yet he fought through it. And, and was kind of UTEP's number two, number three running back in, in certain games. Uh, like you mentioned, the two losses, uh, Deion Hankins, Torrance Burgess, those are going to be tough to replace. But when you look beyond that and you think if uh, Dumas comes back like they're projecting him to, uh, that could be huge for this UTEP football squad. I'm going to try to find that one out soon because uh, I think that's a big piece uh, UTEP can bank on as they try to build out this roster. It's a huge piece, and I agree with you on that. So hopefully that ends up happening, and then all of a sudden we start to uh, see this thing really go into form in a big way once uh, we get ready for... uh, for spring ball to start because remember that's right around the corner in fact aren't you almost fascinated remember when Damon Dimmel took over the football program in 20 the end of 2017 UTEP had no commits none and they put that signing class together overnight it's almost like this is the exact same situation they have to build it from from scratch. And I felt like when Dimmel built that roster initially, he had to get that headline guy. So Zay was just uh, looking over to me right now, and he, we were just kind of talking over the break. Who's going to be the marquee guy? Kai Loxley was the marquee guy for Dana Dimmel in that initial class. Yep. Remember, he was the number one, number one junior college recruit out of JUCO. And, and that tells a lot about what Dana Dimmel did to kickstart the program, got an immediate starting quarterback in the mix. Now, whether or not it panned out, that's another, uh, you know, another debate, but I would say this. I, I believe that Scotty Walden in this early signing class will need to get some splash guys to not only excite his current roster, but excite the fan base getting into uh, spring ball. And to your point about what Dana Dimmel did, what he didn't do is hit a lot during spring ball. There was not a lot of physicality in those spring practices, Steve. Not a lot of tackling going on. You're right. So I'm curious as to what kind of differences we'll see under Scotty Walden uh, for this next team. Oh, I'm fascinated by it. He's already said it's going to be the fastest offense we'll ever see around here. So, I mean, I've always dreamed of UTEP playing this kind of style. Now, the fun part is going to be who is in place to execute this offense and make it work. Right, and, and I want to see, as the names started coming together, want to see how the roster really shapes out. We talked about the areas that they really need to uh, you know, to recruit at, so we'll see what, what ends up happening, but I think the question was great about, uh, you know, the question was obviously great about Aaron Dumas and his yep. availability. No, you're right. Uh, meanwhile, we are winding things down. We've got less than 10 minutes before we start up here. Joe Golding has just arrived. That is good to see, especially since practices are closed. Now at least we notice that the uh, UTEP uh, head basketball coach having an opportunity to come down here and check this out. You know what? I'm bummed out, though. His son, Cason Golding, is in a sling, Steve, and I heard behind the scenes he is out for the whole season for uh, Coronado basketball. I'm bummed out about this. He suffered an injury, apparently, according to uh, one of the coaches on the football staff. Uh suffered an injury in one of the first weeks of football and then played the entire season with the injury. As soon as he got uh, onto the basketball court, his shot was not the same because of that injury, and so he needed to undergo season-ending shoulder surgery. That's why he's in a sling. So, uh, you know, big shout-out to Casey Golding. I'm bummed that we didn't get to see him in high school basketball this year. I'm interested to see if he's going to continue to play both sports. 
that's going to be tough because, again, the physicality of football is so, so taxing. Um, we'll see what happens. By the way, more and more uh, UTEP coaches are finding their way here to Memorial Gym, including the newest uh, UTEP football staff. Yeah, and J.J. Clark, the defensive coordinator, is here. Scotty Walden, head coach, is here. He's got all the people around here uh, celebrating in this big one. You got the El Paso music coming out. You got Jim Center here, director of athletics. Uh, if you're a UTEP personality, you're here, you're here tonight, Memorial Gym. This is the biggest event El Paso has seen in UTEP sports in since night since 2016, since the 50th anniversary of the 66 championship team when they played at home against Western Kentucky. You can also make the argument that the hype for this is even bigger than that. The hype for this game could be as big as that WNIT final between UTEP and Rutgers. Right, I could I could agree with that. I could also say that when you talk about this being a championship game in a postseason format, that's what it's all about, right? When you're actually playing to hang a banner, uh, we haven't talked about a yep. championship in postseason anything for UTEP in a long, long time. Oh, my God, you're not kidding. Because uh, really, other than track and field, uh, that has been the only championships we've seen around here in quite some time. So, yes, this is going to be a very, very big deal as we wind things up here on Sports Talk. Any thoughts as we see everybody pretty much filed in and uh, the uh, atmosphere is going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. I was expecting the atmosphere to be uh, a little bit more tense. It's not tense. It's exciting. It's a celebration. It's a recognition for this whole season and what this team was able to do. That's what the feel uh, is like here out at Memorial Gym. Fans are all smiles, and everybody's ready to go for the big one. Meanwhile, i got to thank uh, uh, Danny Pedroza. He has been our MVP today, running the show from our 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks property, Schoolyard Sports Studios. So mad props to Danny for getting this taken care of. Adrian, happy that you've had a chance to be a part of this as well. And as we wind it up, a smiling gym center with two big thumbs up before we get ready for the match. Hired a head coach last week in football. Gets a, a, you know gets to watch his volleyball squad compete for an NIVC championship tonight. I mean, it's a good time for this athletic department right now. All right, so for everybody out here, Adrian brought us our whole staff out at Memorial Gym. We'll do it again tomorrow at 4. Have a great night, everybody.